Hello and welcome to Tools in the Shed, a podcast powered by Cars Guide, ready to rip into car stuff that's caught our eye this week. This week, it's actually Tools in the Sheds because, you know, distancing. We've actually got Richard. Hello, Richard. Hello. And Matt. Hello. Hello. Matt. Hello. Each, we're each in our own, uh, our own sheds. And yeah. for those listening on uh, iTunes, the quality of the audio may be a little different. And people watching on YouTube will notice that we are now uh, Celebrity Squares, Brady Bunch, call yeah. it what you will. Um, so this week, we're looking at the little ute that everyone needs. We'll talk about some of the cars that have occupied the Cars Guide garage this week. And we'll catch, catch up with the man who stares down adversity and laughs in the face of danger in this week's Muskwatch. So stay with us. But um, first of all, we've got some feedback. And you guys, Richard and Matt, last week, you were talking with Crafty about little utes, the mm-hmm. fact that we got the whiff of uh, a focus-based ute. And HSV Commodore said, the rendering in the thumbnail looks a full stop aging, in my opinion. <laughs> I think that's a typo. So, I, But I, I don't think he liked it very much. I don't know why all pickups have to ride as high as SUVs when most people won't take it off-road anyway. So that's his feedback. Mm, yep. Raphael, Raphael Robles, just wait for this, the most crappiest one Ford Shore. What um, does that mean? I don't know what that the means. Most, <laughs> the most crappiest one Ford Shore. Is I he saying the most crappiest on. Ford for sure? Could like, be. Yeah, could be. Or is he playing he... on that one Ford strategy that they had for so long, which was like a global thing to push yeah. towards having all the models everywhere? For, for, yeah. I, my theory is he's saying many things and I'm not getting any of it. <laughs> <laughs> so then Greyhead Phantom said, you were talking Oof. baby utes. Don't forget the Datsun 1200. It was oh, yeah. huge here in Oz. Mm, and that's yeah. so right. And I want, I want to give a shout out to Car Spotters Australia, which is a Facebook group. And just recently, Brendan Harvey captured a beautiful Datsun 1200 ute. And for those on YouTube, we'll have it um, on screen for you to have a look at. Um, so great group. Subscribe if you don't already. Um, Ian Harper said, remember the Ford Courier ute to which mm. Tom Lennon uh, said, Ian Harper, the courier was nicer than that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which I thought was pretty good. Um, then George L says, next up, a Fiesta-based people mover. Um, but HSV Commodore came in again and said they already have a Fiesta panel van in the UK. Yeah. And again, for, for people looking on YouTube, we'll have pics of that car uh, for you to have a look at, basically. Mm. Um, it's, it's the hatch with some little black tin panels at the back <laughs> and, yeah. and no back seat. So and yeah, hey, it's stretchy. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be that weird for Ford to have a people mover based off the Fiesta because Volkswagen has the Caddy, which is based off yep. the Polo. Absolutely. And there's a Caddy yep. people mover there. Yep. Very and popular with the florists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, particularly in promotional media shots. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think um, you think about a small people mover and it does seem like a contradiction in terms, but uh, think about the Zafira. That was a, mm-hmm. a tiny little SUV, but actually... Mm-hmm. Pretty clever in terms of its packaging and space efficiency. Yeah, and you go, you, go, you go to Japan and you see little tiny people movers everywhere because the roads are really narrow, but they have a lot of family members sometimes living in the same house. So you got grandma yeah. and yeah. grandpa in the back, 
you got the kids yeah. and you got the parents driving up front. So some yes. of the smartest yeah. car design comes from people movers, I think. Like sliding doors are some of the smartest elements of cars in in moving people easily, getting them in and out of cars easily. It's really smart. And as we get older as a generation, it's gonna be more prevalent, I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Now um, let's go to uh, Total Recall says the Brumby Ute was awesome with the EJ20 WRX conversion. Yeah, and, it was. Uh, that's absolutely, uh, I agree with him there. Alexei Roll says little utes are a great thing. So many people, especially farmers, have kept Brumbies going forever in part because there's been no alternative since the early 90s. Yep. Yeah. Plus, they'd be better on fuel than a huge dual cap, which, of course, yep. is true. And, mm -hmm. and he They're calls out the fact that he says there seems to be a weird dichotomy with new car buyers at the moment where we have more demand and supply for hybrid SUVs that save fuel, and simultaneously we have increasing demand for massive American trucks that do the opposite. That's right. Yeah. Well, look, a lot of a lot of farmers need four-wheel drive for, for getting through mud, but they don't need that, you know, Hilux height, which makes loading and unloading so difficult, especially if you're older and your, your back's a bit stuffed as well. So those low-riding utes are really popular on farms. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, is it possible that dual-cab utes have gone so far towards being civilised and, and family-friendly that there's an absolute yawning opportunity for a back-to-basics, more simple farm truck, you know, that, that you do actually use uh, for hard work and it doesn't need to be massive? Well, I think that there's probably potential for it because the ute market as it is is just so skewed towards the, the big double-cab 4x4s the single cab ones, which were typically more 4x2 than 4x4, um, they're shrinking in, in a big way. Um, if there was maybe a low-riding single cab, <clears throat> but with a ute back, but with four-wheel drive, I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty niche. <laughs> Gee, there could be one. You never know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, now, Jay FOMO, which I think is someone's missing, fearing missing something <laughs> out. Jay FOMO. <laughs> I, I don't even see the focus on the road. No one buys it. To which uh, Robert Ciroli said that's because a lot of focus owners were burnt or effed over period of 2012 to 2015 with DSG gearbox. My recollection is that was the power shift. Yeah, um, that, that's what right. Ford called it. That Hunters was the power. Long memories, and the rest have been spooked by what info's on the net and are not prepared to take a punt on his words, not ours, Ford's dodgy customer service. Wow. Well, look, we know that Ford is doing everything it can to sort of turn around that, that customer service problem, but that power shift transmission problem was, we were writing a couple of stories on that, that was monumental and it mm, did burn a lot of people. And of not course. only that, I think the cars are just, the focuses are just too expensive. So they're a good looking car, they're a good car, but, you know, there's the reputation of that transmission, even though they don't use it anymore but also the high price point too, which is turning people off. I think I saw, I've seen one in the last month on the road. Yep. Mm. And I suppose it's just in this internet era, it does take a while for that kind of uh, prejudice to wash through, you know, and for, mm. for people to forget about. The, the, the web's memory is a long one. Ooh, yeah, yeah, but you just wait until that Ford Puma compact SUV comes along and it's overpriced <laughs> as well. And right. people will be buying it in droves instead of focuses because it sits an extra five mil higher you reckon okay yeah. time will tell now 
TGV, and I know you had a discussion about that that handle and, you know, trainer Grand Vitesse, um, says he's <laughs> he's not from France. He's from good old Sydney, resident, specifically eastern suburbs, Coogee, and then says, Focus Ute, it won't sell here. Like the Focus Wagon, sadly, try to secure a Focus ST line wagon. I agree about Everest. Very good. However, buy Pajero Sport and save dollars. Mm. So uh, that's his two bobs. Because well, I think you'll you find out the Comparo, yeah? Yeah, he'll find out in the Comparo, which uh, is going live shortly. Yeah. Uh, Jason Manning. Thank you, Jason. Even the Ranger rides better than any Toyota SUV or pickup. Toyota really needs to hire someone who understands suspension. While they're at it, they should hire an interior designer too. <laughs> Whoa. That's a stinger. I, I, you know what? I agree. Uh, I think I think I think I think the Hilux interior is woeful for a car that costs sixty thousand um, dollars. Right. It's not at the moment; it's being heavily discounted right now because there's a March Madness end of Japanese financial year sale on. Um, that sounds but, interesting, Richard. That's uh, tell tell us more. It sounds oh, like look bargains at, are to be had. Look, Suzuki, Nissan, uh, Toyota, whatever brand you pick, is it's a Japanese brand. There's a mega clearance sale right now at dealerships <laughs> near you. It's a mega clearance sale. The end of financial year for the Japanese. Japanese. Yeah, Japanese, and those cars are going out the door. Very good. All mm. right, now. Crafty is rapidly building a fan base, and Ian Thomas simply says, Crafty, keeping it real, you are a legend. So I think it'll be difficult to get Crafty's head within the frame of uh, the <laughs> podcast next time he's on. Hammer Rocks says hey! Hawaii, Ho Hawaii equals Huawei. He says it's Huawei, so I'm told by my um, internet service provider. And Alex Rolls came in with, Hashtag Malgrunt. So he wants to, he wants to get. He wants to get that. Uh, no, Richard. No, that was wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> Mel's more like. I oh, just. I love that wing. <laughs> so I'm. I'm on board with Malgrunt. It'll be on the uh, social post that we put at the end of today. So oh, I love yeah. it. Now, uh, Muskwatch last week engendered some feedback. David Burt says. Do you think we could ever see Elon Musk playing the role of a Bond villain who wants to take over Mars, Muckraker perhaps? I think Ooh. I think that's a pretty good pretty good name for the film. Um, and he's he's tailor made. He's straight out of central casting anyway. I mean, he wants yeah. to dominate yeah. the world in some way, yeah. shape, or form. Yeah, um, exactly. Now well, maybe Jason... maybe the three Musketeers: him, his oh, mum, and his brother. Don't. His brother. What's his brother's cowboy? name? Errol. It's the cowboy, yeah, yeah, the cowboy. I don't think it's the Errol. cowboy, the alien. No, and then you got Elon. I'm just, I just made that up. That's another Melbourne. <laughs> I just made that up. Um, now, Jason Manning said, one would think that Elon, being an intelligent tech savvy chap, would use an Android phone. Maybe his mum insists on using FaceTime. <laughs> Was there some chat about? about phone coverage and May Musk and uh, whatever else. I wasn't around last week. Sorry, I've probably missed the point on that one. Yeah, he, he was complaining that his emails all went down when the iOS update ah, happened. So. Gotcha, gotcha, yes. Now, um, we had one from uh, Comments at Cars Guide, just a general comment, which was terrific. Morgan Ayling, g'day toolies, love the podcast. Hmm? One of my Great. jobs currently in involves steering a truck Thanks for keeping me company over the last six months or so. 
as I've gone through your full episode backlog. Wow. Uh, Says he's always been a gearhead and is now looking forward to catching up weekly and joining the conversation. Keep up the banter. Cheers, lads. How are you? Mate, mate, we are riding shotgun right beside you. Imagine us right here. There's you (laughs) driving. There's us here. How good is Morgan? Thank you, Morgan. Love Morgan. Mr. Bruster78 says, Hi, guys. I listen to your show every week, and it's by Thank far, you. it's by far one of the best car shows. <laughs> <laughs> I wa- I wa- <laughs> by far one of the best car shows. <laughs> I wanted to bring a topic to the table, dealership experience. Last time I purchased the car was five and a half years ago. The experience was awful, and I say bring on online purchase. Um, I went mm. to Mercedes, uh, Mini, BMW to test drive their cars and make a decision on the day. The way my wife and I were treated because we didn't go ahead with a purchase was terrible. And they tried to push us into a car that we didn't want. I didn't want to go back and won't, but I feel like I might go private. And then he says the Mercedes A250 felt very stiff and hard uh, for daily use. The Merc experience was not plush. I felt the car was not worth $65,000 asking price. I can certainly see why golf is so highly rated. Mm. So, um, yeah, look. I can definitely see how manufacturers would get quite a little bit frustrated with the way their dealers, which are the only, one of the only points of contact between them and, 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 their, and their owners, um, can be quite difficult. Um, you, they don't have a, you know, a lot of control over the way they behave or conduct themselves. And, of course, there are some dealers which are better than others, and you know, even the manufacturers are aware of that. Yeah, so, it's a bit to, like, to, put, to make a car analogy, you can have mm. the most brilliant car in the world, but if the tyres are shot... Um, yep. It's not going to drive very well at all. And that you, you're so right, Richard, that last point of contact. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you get your, your big cell on the web and it, it all looks um, glossy and brilliant. Then when you actually have the human interface, if that lets you down, it can blow it all apart. Absolutely. Yeah, and it could be as simple as just having more stock of a particular model or a particular variant or older stock that they've been trying to clear for a long time and they're trying to yep. upsell you into something you don't want. And yeah. anyone who's had any experience with any salesperson who's trying yes. to sell them something they don't want can relate to that. But this is on a on a big level when you're talking about a car. It's uh, true. So absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, look, people people walking into a dealership these days, customers just 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 remember you probably know more about that car than than the dealer themselves. Um, you know, these days with the internet, you've got you know carsguide.com.au. You can research everything. And then you walk yeah. in there, you know exactly how much you're, you, you're going to have to pay, you know, with all the features. Um, and really, the power is in your hands. So don't get pushed yeah. around by a dealer. I think that's especially the case, Richard, going in there and knowing more than the salesperson if you've gone to the wrong dealership. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yes. definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know all about the Mini, but you've walked into the Merc showroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Now, so... Bartones123 says, will the coronavirus destroy the car industry as we know it? I can imagine that the huge money losses the industry will cop over the next few months could lead to more than a few companies exiting Australia to regroup and lick their wounds. Honda's already on the fence. Surely things like this might be the tipping point. I reckon, just quickly, I reckon you've got a bit of a pincer movement in that some plants have been um, closed down. So mm. the production flow, the sausage machine has stopped. So there won't be as much supply. Um, mm-hmm. But then on the demand side, people are probably going to 
stay low and just wait until things settle down before they make um, the big purchases. So it's yep. a bit of a double whammy. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of things happening here because Wuhan, where obviously the coronavirus broke out, um, that's basically like the factory of the world. Um, they make pretty much every component which fits into a car. Um, now, the issue with that is, is that getting supply out of Wuhan into places, they're just not letting planes in. Um, and JLR for the last couple of weeks has been getting key fobs and putting them in suitcases and then sending them on planes, right? JLR has now closed down its Merseyside plant where the Evoke is made and I think Discovery Sport is made. Um, and we could see that happening around the world as well as, you know, borders get shut and workers just can't go to work. So, and as well, on top of that, we know that in uncertain times, people tend to hold on to their cash. They don't buy houses and they don't buy another expensive thing that they buy in their life. They don't buy cars. So... He's yeah. right. It could have huge consequences. Well, you've got your safety deposit box there behind the bookcase. Yeah, um, right at the here. Rear of that room there, Richard. Yeah. This is it That's just it. here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Just... Looks totally secure. <laughs> but I don't, I don't get the key fobs bit. Sorry, they're sending what? Key fobs yeah, by a so, Yeah, so JLI in the UK need key fobs. Um, and, and other parts. So they're putting them in suitcases, they're putting them onto planes, and they're sending them with a passenger oh, wow. on the plane to the UK. And they're telling people that we don't have enough key fobs to go around. Normally, oh. you get two key fobs. We're going to give you one, and then we'll sort out the other oh. one later. Don't lose it. Right. Well, it's fob crazy. It's fob gate, obviously. Totally. Yes. All right. Now, now David, David Burt chimes in again and says, here's an idea for ScoMo and the Fryer. Now, for people overseas, that's uh, Scotty from Marketing is our Prime Minister, and the friar is Josh Frydenberg, who is our Treasurer. Um, a recession-averting nation-building program. If EVs are about to take off, let's build a huge network of charging stations throughout regional Oz towns to avert range anxiety and improve consumer take-up. And he says, by the way, sink piping is very unsexy. Um, mm. Yep. Um, I think uh, I think the government is going to be having a few other priorities uh, monetary-wise over the next sort of three to six months, potentially. So um, I think this is going to actually give EVs an even bigger kick in the balls than they've already had. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's really sad because we were making progress, but uh, the, the way this uh, pandemic is panning out yeah. uh, and the effect that this is going to have on not just um, people's buying habits, but the broader economy and the way people think about what they do and how they do it. It's, yeah. it's not going to happen, sorry to say, not, sure. not, in, the main, sure. not in the short term. But yeah. it's an interesting idea, David. Yeah. Yeah, look, if people were approaching EVs in the same way that, that we were approaching the coronavirus right now, there'd be EVs all over the roads. But at the moment, we don't have to. And the way human yeah, beings yeah. work, we don't have to do anything unless we have to, So, which is oh, why we're we doing this podcast the way we're doing it now. We should be hoarding EVs yeah. because, you know, for future demand, we should be getting it in so that we're prepared, particularly That's if right. uh, David's scheme gets up and, you know, Scum mm. and Fry do go with it. But mm. to finish on a very, very positive note, um, Bendigo Pipe Club just says uh, boring, which is which is great. So um, ben, <laughs> Bendigo Pipe Club has chimed in off, on a few reviews uh, here and there, I think on YouTube and elsewhere, and he, he generally has a glass half full um, attitude. Uh, so once again, he's full. displayed that. He, yeah, yeah. Pipe, the pipes, look, he knows his way around the pipe, put it that way. <laughs> uh, now we're going to move on to the main subject for today, 
which is another little ute, but it is our Kiwi cousins across the ditch that have done such a brilliant thing here. And they've taken the Jimny, a favourite of, of just about everyone in the world already, and cut the back off it and made it a cab chassis so that you can actually put a tray or a tray bed on the back and made a little mm. Jimny ute. Oh, isn't it just the best thing that's it ever happened? It is the best <laughs> thing it's ever. It's adorable. I love it. I love yes. it. Yes. Where so, do we cool get it? it? Cool it. <laughs> Cool it with the macho language, please, Richard. No. Um, <laughs> um, I when do we get I it? Think, when do we get it? And I think we should call it Mighty Boy. I think we should resurrect the Mighty Boy yes. nameplate and Ooh, apply yes. it to that little truck. Yeah. What about Mighty Girl? Uh, well, that too. That what could about be a Mighty special limit. Mighty, Mighty Person. It doesn't have the same ring to it. No. 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 Mighty Jimmy. But I mean... It's driven, which I presume is a Kiwi uh, website or publication. Yep. Wax Triple Three yep. might be able to tell us. Um, it says the Jimny Ute is now available in New Zealand, the result of a local conversion program, which currently gives buyers the option of a steel tray. And people having a look on YouTube um, can see it on our screen, or they can go to our site and have a look at the story. Um, so it's not going to be a Hilux or Ranger rival. Uh, but I think it's going to fulfil that role that we were talking about only a few moments ago, that it's and a fair income stripped down. It's steel wheels. Yep. It's um, the, the, the inside is pretty bare bones and it's a genuine little working truck. Exactly. And they've, um, this, this vehicle essentially replaces what Suzuki used to have as part of its lineup, which was called the Farm Worker. Uh, wow. And it basically, right. uh, Maruti Suzuki, so an Indian-built uh, single-cab version of the Maruti Sierra or the Jimny of previous years. And yes. it, it was a hardcore little thing. It was very cheap. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, it was like 15000 New Zealand dollars or something like that. Um, and it was around for a few years. Um, and then... I think maybe people started to realise that not having any safety protection stuff at all, no airbags, nothing like that, was probably not the best way forward. Mm. Um, and now that with this, um, the the Jimny Ute that they've built for New Zealand, they're making it in New Zealand for their own market, which is a huge, yeah. a huge hat tip. That they've they've gone. Oh. We need something that fits with what our people need. Yep. Um, it's four by four. It's got. I mean. It's got super capability because it's a Jimny. Uh, obviously, it's got a bit of a longer rear overhang because of the tray. Yes. Um, yeah. But it's also, uh, it's not just a New Zealand phenomenon. There is another company in the UK which is called Suzuki Jimny Pickups. Uh, right. And they've been building previous generation versions of the Jimny uh, with the back chopped off and a little right. tray put on the back. They've shown a concept version of what a new generation one would look like. Yes. Um, and I've got to say, it, it's got a shorter tray and doesn't look quite as butch or bossy as okay. the New Zealand one. So All right. the New Zealand one's a really impressive execution, I think. It's beautiful. And Matt, you're obviously speaking as a, what is it, 2004 Jimny owner? Uh, 2007. <coughs> 2007 <laughs> yeah. Jimny owner. So have you thought about just getting your car on a ship, getting it over there, yeah. having that conversion done and getting it back? It'd be the only one in the country, I bet. Well, um, well guys, guys, why don't we do? Why don't we go around to Matt's house this afternoon and we'll do the <laughs> conversion there? We'll break we'll out the gas axe. Or, yeah. or we could use the hacksaw. Yeah. It's easy. 
yeah, just basically what they've done is they've cut it back to the the back of the, uh, the, the I suppose, the driver and front passenger seat, haven't they? Yep. So they've removed yep. the, you know, the the back two seats. Um, yep. They put the tray in there. So that was um that that was done at a dealership, wasn't it? That was done. No, at it's Whanganui. Whanganui. converted by Suzuki New Zealand in Wanganui. Where oh, no. What a fantastic town. JC, JC. When a W oh. and an H are pronounced together in Fung. New Zealand, it's Funga. So that's Whanganui. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Because I went well, to, same I went to you. The, well, you know, I went to the beach hop, which is in Fungamata, uh, right, uh, in New Zealand. It's a big hot right. rod festival. And I was walking uh-huh. around saying Wangamata, Wangamata, right? Anyway, uh-huh. I went to a, a burger shop and they had the Wangamata burger. And I said to the oh. lady behind the counter, I'll have a Wangamata, please, burger. And she's like, You mean a Fungamata? And I've gone, Wow. Oh, dear. I've been oh. saying it wrong the whole time. So that, I reckon, we'll, we'll need Wax Triple Three to confirm that. But I reckon it's we will. Fungamata. Yeah. Um, Richard, that also explains why you constantly mispronounce Parramatta as Parramatta. <laughs> Parramatta. That's right. Parramatta. <laughs> and Parramatta. <Exactly>. <laughs> So look at I think the Jimny here as a manual is about twenty six thousand, um, and there's a there's a premium yeah. over in in New Zealand on this little truck. But I reckon it, it it's just such a great concept. It could yeah. do so very well. It's got such uh, potential. Yeah, it's it got does. a big premium though. It's twelve thousand dollars over mm. the, the the one it's based on. So they're expecting in Australia for it to be thirty seven thousand odd dollars uh, yep. before on road costs. That's a lot of money uh, for yeah. a little for yeah. a little ute. But so all those people say was we've 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 contacted Suzuki Australia to see if they've got plans to get some of them here. Mm. I'd imagine New Zealand would be hanging on to its allocation with with both arms. You know the chances of it going here unless they can do something with the factory, pick up the conversion technique, and do something locally. It yeah. seems um, a bit of a long shot. Every, you know what? If New Zealand does one more awesome thing, I'm moving there. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you guys are amazing. Now, look, speaking of awesome, we better move on and talk about what has been in our garage during the week. Yes. And, Matt, we're going to start with you. Yep. And it's something with a reasonable amount of performance under the right-hand pedal. Uh, yeah, it's the BMW M550i X drive. So X drive means it's all wheel drive. M550i means it's not quite an M5, but it's pretty close to it in terms of performance. It's got a 4.4 litre twin turbo V8 petrol engine, 390 kilowatts and 750 newton meters. And goodness me, it knows how to boogie. Um, I took <laughs> oh, it. Kef- <laughs> careful with that language, Hold on. Matt. Uh, you know. that's, that's a malism, by the way. That it was a malism. malism. That was a malism. Oh, shucks. Um, Holy yeah, gosh. The, yeah, the, language. The, <laughs> the thing's about 135 grand. Uh, wow. So it's not a cheap car. Um, sure. And it's a sedan, so it's not really my uh, cup of tea in terms of body styles. I'd much prefer it as a wagon. Um, but it's it's a really impressive uh, vehicle, but maybe not the full fat experience. If, if you are looking for that extreme uh, acceleration and that wow that you get from an M5, um, mm. This this car doesn't quite have it because it's not loud enough. I mean, it's obviously super refined. That's the focus. It's more of a, a luxury fast tourer than a, a proper right. serious sports sedan. Um, yes. But it was, I mean, I took it for a bit of a drive yesterday, a couple of hundred kilometers in it, 
And um, yeah, it's probably better at that highway cruising comfort. And I mean, you know that this sort of vehicle would appeal to a German executive who does a lot yeah. of time on autobahns, spends yes. a lot of time at 200 k's an hour or more. Um, sure. And it would be so comfortable. I mean, I didn't do 200 k's an hour, but it would mm. be so comfortable at that sort sure, of pace. Matt. You could just sure. tell. Yeah, yes. I know. Mm. Well, um, I mean, you do have a very long driveway. So I presume yes, there'd be yeah. an opportunity to to nudge that 200 number. Well, private property, isn't that the Private, um, private road. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> private road. But yeah, a lot of fun. Enjoyed it. Fantastic. Now, thank you for that, Richard. We'll move on Ooh. to yourself, a totally different kind of uh, package oh, that you've been driving. Could not be any more different. Talking about private roads, um, I yeah. have been driving, and we filmed it on Wednesday as well, uh, a Subaru XV hybrid. Now, it's the very first hybrid XV for us in Australia. Um, if you're listening or watching um, in the United States, you've got a Crosstrek. You've had um, a hybrid version and a plug-in hybrid there for, for a, I think, a couple of years. Um, ours isn't as good as the plug-in hybrid. This is a this is sort of the, the you know the, the hybrid light, which uh, charges the batteries through regenerative braking. Um, Look, the video is going to be coming out next week, um, and I'm a little bit disappointed uh, in some ways. I've broken the video what? down into with the, with the video. <laughs> <laughs> no, the video is going to be good. All right. Hopefully, fingers oh, crossed. Fine. Um, okay. But I've broken the video down into good things and bad things, and sort of just to let you know what's good about it. it it's it's really really good to drive. Um, we actually we actually went a little bit off road in it because uh, it's been raining here. And there's mud everywhere. Um, we drove through past you know four-wheel drive utes which were having trouble and we just sort of just cruised through in wow. our Subaru XV in, in it's okay. got X mode which sort of monitors the, the traction um, so it's really really it's quite capable um, on a dirt road or a gravel road don't go too far off, off field you know it's not a land cruiser or anything like that um, and to drive on the road too it's got a really low center of mass because it's got that boxer engine yes um, and it handles really well I, I've called it probably one of the best handling small SUVs in this price bracket I've, I've ever driven it's it's great. Um, great where I think it's not so good is is where it's supposed to be really good and that is with its hybrid system so it's a different type of hybrid um, the actual motor the electric motor is within the, the continuously variable transmission so it's sort of built into it um, and the fuel economy that we saw was, well, it made me actually wonder what the point of, of, of this, this hybrid was. Yeah, right. um, I won't right. give it away, so you'll have to watch the video. Um, also not so happy with the price point. Um, it costs $35,580. Now, that's 40324 drive away. Um, but that's about five grand, oh, that's seven grand more than the base yeah. grade, which it's actually sort of based on. So you get oh, okay. a small 6.5-inch screen. You only get climate control, not dual zone. You don't get redirectional air vents in the back. You don't get a spare wheel. You get a punch of repair kit with a can of goo. So, mm. there, so there are some issues there with the price too. So it's not particularly great value, but great to drive, um, and it looks good. And like all Subarus, it's really well built. It feels like, a, you know, you talk about that driver BMW, you know, giant, big, fat BMW. I was looking at the, just the door trim on the Subaru XV and it was just so well crafted. And even though the materials are plastic and vinyl, yes. um, it still feels great. Like we're talking about how bad the Hilux was in terms of interior design. Subaru yeah. really know how to make, um, you know, a fairly affordable interior just look mint. It's absolutely well, you, you, great job Richard, there. Richard, 
Richard, you do have a certificate from the International Vinyl Institute. You are, you are a master, a master yeah, vinyl. It's, it's yeah. right there. It's right there. That's <laughs> the, 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 the certificate the, right there. Mm. Sadly, we were talking about how long it takes for attitudes to kind of um, change. Yeah. When I think XV, I think lack of performance, uh, frankly. So, yeah. I, I mean, I understand what you're saying, that the extra mm. price for the car without a huge fuel economy benefit means yeah. you'd probably be looking for... 50 years to get your parity in terms of the extra oh. money you've paid and the fuel oh, Matt, saving. Matt and but I did it, work that out, actually. Oh, you did? Well, but you, do, well, does, it go, does it go a little bit harder? Does it have any more performance? Okay, so it does, actually. Um, okay. The, the electric motor provides um, you know, these little electric shoves. So if, if you're into driving, it's, it's actually <laughs> the one, one to get. Yeah. So you get, little, you get these little pushes in the traffic, which is great when you just dab the accelerator and you can actually watch the screen and the monitor. You can watch the, the actual okay. motor actually assisting. But Matt and I worked out how many kilometres uh, you'd have to drive to make back your money. And how far away is the moon? Is it 348,000 miles? It's something, <laughs> it's getting into that region. So, um, but you can read all about it in the review coming out next week. Great. Okay, well, that's good. Um, thank you very much, Richard. I will just chip in with the Santa Fe, uh, Hyundai Santa Fe Highlander. So it's uh, a reasonably primo one. It was the diesel, so that's yep. a 2.2-litre uh, turbo diesel. It's an eight-speed auto, and it's a seven-seater. So it's got a lot going for it. The thing is it's a $60,000 car uh, before you've paid on-roads. And... Uh, <laughs> um, I think it's always subjective. I think it's a very good-looking SUV. I mm. think it's a, a tidy design. It's contemporary. Yeah. It looks really, really good. It's comfortable and well-buttoned down. You know, some SUVs are so high that you're feeling that kind of floaty, top-heavy thing. It's not that at all. It really is pretty well-buttoned down, and it gets along well. And, you know, nicely equipped 19-inch alloys, the, the CarPlay and the Android Auto and leather and LED headlights, and on it goes. So there's a lot of equipment in there. I think it would be a really efficient tool. It's not an inspiring drive. It's not that kind of vehicle. I think it was nicely put together and it's well equipped. You just got to be ready to pay the 60K and, and believe that that gives you value in that market. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is a bit pricey though. Yeah. 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 But so then again, I, th I mean, the top spec Mazda CX-9's like 73 so yeah. um and klugers are up there as well so mm. i can see not right now though it's japanese end of financial year sales <laughs> <laughs> yeah, massive clearance klugers. massive savings yeah yeah we should have Absolutely. a big starburst that comes on yeah. yeah on that on that note um the the navara and bt50 are being heavily discounted in this end of financial year sale just just i just oh. remembered that mm, right out. Okay. probably because they've you stopped building made... bt50s i think yeah, but you can actually get one for about ten grand less. So yeah. oh, you're going to say you can actually get one for about ten grand. That's <laughs> that's quite that's that's quite a deal. No, that's Holden, Colorado's mate. Oh, no, right. oh cheap shot, cheap yeah, shots. Now speaking of cheap shots, it's time for Musk Watch. All right. Now, first of all, um, what I wanted to, to call out was I was listening to a very interesting podcast through the week. Uh, shout out to ABC Conversations with Richard Feidler. Um, I would recommend people anywhere give it a shot, not just in Australia, because um, he's a really interesting, intelligent guy who speaks with a whole range of people, 
politicians, sports people, artists, you name it. Anyway, he was speaking this time round with a scientist, Associate Professor Dr Alice Gorman, and she operates out of the Flinders University in Adelaide, and they call her Dr Space Junk because um, <laughs> she's actually a space archaeologist. And so you, you don't think of all wow. that stuff that's out there. You think of it as junk, but she mm. sees it as a, a kind of a story that's told mm. through the different bits and pieces that have ended up on the moon. You know, there are four cars on the moon um, and the bits of stuff that's out there orbiting our planet. She says there are actually 23 to 29,000 pieces of stuff that are bigger than 10 centimetres, so, you know, roughly the size of a coffee cup. Um, mm. Below that size, many millions of tiny pieces anyway. She was talking about the fact that in uh, February 2018, Elon launched his Tesla Roadster um, to mm. test the Falcon uh, uh, rocket with Starman sitting in it. And you tend to think, um, you know, it was space is just this utterly inert environment and the car would be um, perfect forever. But uh, she said, look, the most obvious reading of a red sports car is the male midlife crisis. She said that's fairly obvious uh, for a start. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting aside. But um, oh, she also said, look, the deeper meaning is that it's his way of making a suit of armour against mortality. It's mm. like a talisman. It's, it's to guard against his own fear of death. <laughs> I thought wow. that was pretty deep. Too. But mm. on the question of would it remain pristine, she said, no, it, it won't. Um, it's not an empty vacuum. There's high-level radiation. There are extreme temperatures, micrometeorites, plasma arcing. So there's all this stuff going on in space that you're not um, necessarily familiar with. And she said it's likely to be falling apart as we speak. Mm. So that was this week. Um, the carbon wow. body will be the first to go and would likely yeah. be in pretty bad shape right now. And, look, I had yeah. a look on where is, where is roadster.com and it's yeah. now travelled over 327 million kilometres. I'm, wow. JC, I'm looking at that right now, whereisroadster.com, and the roadster at the moment is placed beyond the orbit of Mars. But, yeah, we're at 325,000 miles, no, 325,157,240 kilometres away. That right. is and almost that's specific. as much as it takes for you to recoup the cost <laughs> on the XV hybrid. <laughs> that's <laughs> right, that's right. Almost there. That's almost great. There. All right, um, we'll look to test it. Let's launch an XV hybrid into space. <laughs> well, we should look as you as you guys know. I'm a bit of a I'm a I'm a bit of a space nerd, and um, yeah, she's absolutely right. Um, I mean, the the amount of junk which is up there, even um, even something which is the size of you know a twenty cent piece that will mm. go through the International Space Station like a bullet. Um, sure. If, if, if it encountered sure. that, so that's one of their main concerns up there. Even the yeah. suits they wear when they go on a spacewalk, like that one as well, oh. they basically have their, you know, armor, armor plated, their radiation proof, but also micrometeorites are also a danger. Yeah, hey, Richard, car, that, that suits that suits far too small. I know, <laughs> I know. Hang on, I'll just fix that. There we go. That's better. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to shrink yourself, but that's even. Better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to watch it on YouTube. Leave in there, Starman. The Hello. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, um, so look, I think she's absolutely right. There wouldn't, there might, probably isn't much left of it. There's definitely would have the battery would have run flat playing, you know, uh, David Bowie anyway. Well, I suppose it's just best as a parts car. So if anyone's able to you know, get up there and grab it. <laughs> um, now moving on, on Twitter, a person by the name of Nate Silver was saying in terms of ventilators with this whole uh, Corona COVID nineteen thing, 
saying there's a shortage now. How many ventilators are you making, Elon Musk? Yeah, here we go. There's, I don't think they made asthma ones. Elon Musk said, um, we will make ventilators if there is a shortage. So um, Elon Musk says, Tesla makes cars with sophisticated HVAC systems, so heating, venti- uh, ventilation, air conditioning. SpaceX makes spacecraft with life support systems. Ventilators are not difficult but cannot be produced instantly. Um, which hospitals have these shortages you mm. speak of right now? Mm-hmm. Nate Silver said, this is great news. Uh, I don't know exactly, blah, blah, blah. And then Mil- Mayor uh, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, came in and said, New York City's buying. <laughs> yeah. We're facing a, dra- a, a drastic shortage of these things. <clears throat> and he's uh, put the call out to Elon Musk to actually follow through on that and make ventilators because there's such a shortage of them. So it'll be, I think it's great that he's just said we can help. Um, it'll now be how quickly, I suppose, and in what way. What's been Musk's response to that? Has he been like, Nothing okay. so far. So oh, um, de Blasio's yeah. team reached out to Tesla and he's feeling optimistic that they'll be able to get something done, done because of the response he got uh, from Elon on Twitter. And it sounds like a lot of car manufacturers are moving towards, it's almost like war times. They, they're moving yeah. towards... Uh, helping out, trying to produce things that society can use at this point in time. I'm not sure, sure which one is going to go into toilet paper manufacturing first, but <laughs> yeah. there's there's but, definitely uh, usability in these plants where if if they can get people to work there safely, then yeah. it, it makes sense that they can reuse some of the tools they might otherwise be sitting idle. If, if yeah. Tesla's making toilet paper, you want to make sure those shut lines are accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Or you could do yourself some damage there. That's nasty. Mm. That's nasty. <laughs> uh, Can I just race you your babendum yeah, yeah. with my own little hey. baby babendum? There is All right. Answer. Hang on. What's Let's a babendum? Is that his name? It's yeah. a Michelin man. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't, isn't he just called the Michelin man? If you like. His real name but is babendum. Um, his real name is babendum. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. You yeah. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> now, also, the. T- so Elon is the uh, is a very keen meme enthusiast. Wow. So Tulsa, Oklahoma, has decided to meet him on his home turf, and has put out a shout out to Elon. Said, "Hey Elon, we hear you need a big effing field." Now this is in the context of uh, they say we've got just the place for your Cybertruck Gigafactory. It's in Tulsa, so they they want to um, entice. Elon to set up the Gigafactory for the Cybertruck there. Um, now, Big Effing Field in Tulsa, Oklahoma, has its own Twitter account and <laughs> has reached out and said, you know, and said this, well, bless his little 100-acre heart because Toby Teeter, who is Joplin Chamber President, which must be a little precinct of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm authorised to give you 100 acres in business park at crossroads of I-44 and I-49 at the centre of the USA, the historic home of Battery Tech, with four of the largest trucking companies in the world near here, plus fifty plus million dollars in incentives. So they they're trying to get him uh, with all of that, and they've put out some other other memes saying um, he said it's it's uh, big effing field in Tulsa, saying mm. me working from home today, and it's the sunglasses and the spliff and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> how, how much was the, the how much was the incentive? Fifty plus million dollars. That's not going to be enough. See, oh, Elon great. is not going to have any trouble trying to find the space. Um, yeah. When he put up his Nevada, the f- very first gigaplant, which was a gigafactory, which is in Nevada, 
the government in Nevada gave him a $1.2 billion incentive. So Elon's going to have no trouble finding a place. He just wants the money. Well, Mm. another one of their memes was, want to hear a joke? Any serious consideration of Nashville or Atlanta for the Gigafactory? (laughs) Yeah. So, look, I think it's worth a call out because I think it's funny. And they're just trying to, you know, uh, reach Elon in a way that, that he appreciates. I also, um, like now, the, I, like, I also like the, uh, the, the big effing field thing because that's a play on the big effing rocket, the BFR. And also you get a bit of a... Of course it is. That of course is. it is. And also the, the, the acronym for that would be BFF. So, um, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're quite funny. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That is. I hadn't connected mm. the dots on that. Well done. Mm. Now, the share price, Tesla Ooh. is now at $427.64. <gasps> it was $560 last week. So... It's in fact dropped more than sixty percent from last month's six hundred uh, nine hundred and sixty nine dollar yeah. high. So it's down. It is down sixty percent. Now, That's so like the share market is bucks, just I think. yeah. From the from share market's week. a bloodbath. The share market yeah. is a bloodbath, mm. quite obviously. Yeah. Um, so pretty much every stock is is suffering in some way, shape, or form. But sixty yeah. percent is a pretty uh, substantial fall. Those but short sellers Shang- will be loving it. <laughs> they will. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shanghai factory is back online. Um, and just for the record, Elon has called the coronavirus dumb mm. uh-huh. <laughs> and he, refu- he refuses to close the Fremont factory despite a sheriff's order, which is statewide in California. So he is simply not closing Fremont. Irresponsible. Yeah, Not that I've spoken to him recently. They're the reports we've been reading, but... Uh, Anyway, he's, yeah, he's also he's also going online, and there's 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 a there's a big sort of you know well, a small movement that's generating talking about whether the coronavirus is being hyped up or not. And somebody posted some figures to Elon on Twitter recently, and it, and it was making out that it wasn't as bad as it you know it was made out to be. Um, and Elon's sort of jumping on that bandwagon, from what I can no, gather, and I just don't think that's responsible see. from someone that influential mm. either. Yeah. Mm. Yes. All right. Well, look, I think. With that, we have mm. reached the finish line. And yeah. I want to hey. say thank you, Richard. Thank you. And thank you, Matt. Thanks. And thanks to our long-standing director of awesome, Mr. Pritchard, for his Yay! production wizardry. Uh, today he's in the, he's in the face-blind hat, um, the <laughs> Meat is Murder T-shirt, and KFC pants with the colonel's face across the crotch, which is somewhat, somewhat, somewhat contradictory yeah. and confusing at the same yeah, time. Yeah, finger looking good. amazing finger looking good. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, please pass on the word about the podcast and let us know your thoughts by searching for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram using the hashtag CG Podcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. If you're an iTunes listener, please rate and review us and remember you can watch us on YouTube. But look, before we go, a uh, mate of mine's kids in his first job and saw the boss pulling up in a brand new Porsche. Yeah. As he got out of the car, he said to him, yeah, wow, that's a nice car. The MD appreciated the enthusiasm and said, well, you know what, kid? If you knuckle down, really focus and keep hitting your targets, I'll have an even better one next year. <laughs> oh, if that wasn't true, it wouldn't hurt so much. <laughs> Thank you and a river dirty. Yeah. Bye-bye. Stay strong, everybody. <laughs>